And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. I'm Mike Harrison, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. I want to thank you for joining me today. How many of you have heard the term forever renter? Forever renter. We're starting to see that term more and more lately. We've reached a point where there is a growing demographic of our society, and they consider themselves forever renters. And, and Honestly, look, I'm a real estate investor, but the idea of the forever renter saddens me. It concerns me. You would think a real estate investor would love the idea of the forever renter. And look, there have always been forever renters. This is not anything new, but it, it is, it's a growing demographic, and it's a subject that is gaining some traction within the media, and it's getting thrown around quite a bit. But honestly, as a real estate investor, I'm not, uh, I'm not excited about that. Now, for the right reasons, I'm excited. I mean, think about, do you know that you can retire and book a room on a cruise ship? Uh, like a retirement, literally retire, and there's a cruise ship that will travel, and maybe there's more than one, literally around the world. You can live on this cruise ship for the rest of your life. You can retire and live on it and literally travel around the world. Now, that type of forever renter, that sounds like a lot of fun. That sounds exciting. Well, maybe it's a lot of fun for one or two years, and then you're ready to get off the boat and go do something different. Or I think of the couple that retires and they've done everything right. Maybe they've got some excellent passive income and they just want to live somewhere new every one or two years, different cities or, or what have you. Those are all romantic. Those are neat to think about. But the other side of that coin, the forever renter for the wrong reasons is not necessarily that great. And I, I think about the housing industry. Literally, it's the bellwether of the economy. The more houses that are built, sold, occupied, the better the economy. Um, new home buyers are typically new families. That's also good for society and it's good for economy. But the term forever renter just seems to kind of have that negative connotation. It's a negative outlook on the future. And, and I want to talk a lot about, well, today's show is going to be all about the forever renter, but it just has that, that negative connotation. When you see it, you're thinking, wow, there's, there's millions of people that have, they're not happy and they have this negative outlook and this victim mentality. And, and maybe there's some reasons for it. Maybe there's not. Maybe some stuff is being exaggerated. We're going to get into it. This show may be a bit controversial for some of you, and, and I'm going to offer the reasons that they say are creating the forever renter, and I'm going to do my best to get through this show without getting tar and feathered because I'm going to put my opinion here at the end of the show. I, I hope you can stay with me. This might get, uh, this might get a little crazy, um, but... You see, everyone is using this crutch, this, the interest rates, the economy, the inflation. Everyone's using that as a crutch 
to be the victim and hence the forever renter is this growing demographic of society and literally they're they're just putting themselves in this group well who are you i'm a forever renter um i'm just going to give you a little bit of background and i'll start with my mom my mom grew up dirt poor i mean dirt poor fatherless in the worst of circumstances Um, she was working from a very young age she left home when she was 16 Uh, And she succeeded, okay? She succeeded through sacrifice, through intelligence, through hard work, through wit, and yes, effective investing. She knew sitting on dollars was the worst thing she can do, and so she was always putting those dollars to work. She wasn't a real estate investor, but she invested in what she knew and what she understood at the time, and it worked for her. And at the end of my mother's life, she had a paid-for home on a very popular golf course. She had traveled the world. I mean, Hawaii probably a dozen times, Italy, England, um, Spain, you name it, uh, the Caribbean, Mexico, all of that. She had succeeded in life. And if anyone could have just said, well, because of this and this and this, and I'm a victim, and so I'm a forever renter, so I'm not even going to try, and I'm just going to have this negative outlook on everything, um, that wasn't her. And for myself, how did I grow up? Well, my dad left us when we were 10. He was out of the picture. Um, times were tough. My mom often worked two to three jobs. Was, was life tough? And were things expensive back then? Everything was expensive back then. But no matter how little we had, we never did without. And a portion of everything my mom earned was invested. It was absolutely invested. And everything of that I am today that I learned I learned from her. She knew sitting on cash was the worst thing that could happen. And look, when I was 12, I was doing odd jobs around the neighborhood. Uh, When I was 14, I worked for a contractor after school on weekends. At 15, my mom took my birth certificate and whited out the date and made a copy and then took it to a typewriter and then typed in a different date and made it look like I was 16. And I got a job at the local grocery store. So a forged, yeah, hey, I guess I'm admitting it. Uh, This was a long time ago. We forged my birth certificate, made it look like I was 16 so that I could work at the grocery store. I worked at the grocery store. I did well. I got a raise. I ended up managing the entire produce department. But where I'm going was we weren't, we weren't victims. We weren't, we didn't find a reason to become the forever renter. This show, where we're going is the fact that there's this entire subset of people out there that are now just calling themselves forever renters and it doesn't need to be that way i'm mike harrison if you have any questions or comments or want to learn how to get started as a real estate investor please send me an email and i do respond personally to every email i get my email address is askmike at luinc.com askmike at luinc.com i was talking about the growing demographic of society that considers themselves forever renter. So I started looking that up on the internet. I found a couple of articles about the forever renter. We're going to go through those and you're going to hear a lot of reasons. You're going to hear a lot of reasons why people are considering themselves forever renters. And it's not necessarily by choice. Look, there's that group of people that says, look, I'm never going to buy a property. I'm always going to be a renter. Good for them. They're doing it of their own accord. They're choosing it. But I'm talking about a different group of people that 
they're they're down. They're just saying, well, I'll always be a renter. And you're going to hear a lot of reasons. You're going to hear it's because of the cost of homes. You're going to hear it's because of interest rates. You're going to hear it's because of debt. You're going to hear it's because of college loans, etc. And yes, obviously, those play a factor. But maybe I'm a different breed. I see this as a mindset problem, not a victim problem. And at the end of this show, we need to pay attention because we're real estate investors, we're property owners, and we are in an age where anytime there's a new quote-unquote class, whether it's created by politicians or the media um, or a a group of folks, um, this victim mentality, then what's going to happen is politicians pay attention to this class and then they start doing things that they think are going to earn them favor for this particular class. And the forever renter, there's going to be politicians in certain areas, certain cities that are going to go, oh, because of the forever renters, it's not their fault. We're going to do this and we're going to punish property owners. So we need to pay attention to that. And we'll talk a little more about that uh, here coming up in in not too long from now. Now, let's discuss, let's talk about housing supply for a moment as we we kind of paint this picture here. Um, 2008 to 2010 put a lot of builders out of business and a lot of people in the construction industry found other vocations. They found something else to do, right? You've got to feed the kids and take care of the family and pay the rent or, or pay the mortgage. And so they had to work elsewhere because of that that uh, housing, that downturn, uh, essentially, and, and the economy shut down in a lot of ways. Um, and we were just now kind of making up for that. But for the most part, we have not overcome the deficit in housing supply. And, and it, it started before 2008, 2010. Um, that only added to it. There's all this pent-up demand for housing. There's not enough housing for all the people that want the housing. Now, I'm not talking about market conditions. I'm not saying uh, people that can afford it. I'm just saying, in general, the housing supply is way less than demand. So what does that mean for people like myself or people like you, real estate investors? Are we adding to the housing supply as a real estate investor? For the most part, no, we're not new construction people. We're taking old housing. Maybe we're taking abandoned housing. Uh, some of us are doing that, uh, and in that sense, fixing it, and they are adding to the housing supply. But for the most part, we're taking properties that are occupied. We're just fixing them, making them better, best product, best price, and then putting a new resident in that property. So we're really not adding to the housing supply. And the same, whether you're single family or even uh, our method on apartment investing, we're not necessarily adding a gain in in total units. We're just making what we have better. We're making the management better. We're making the property better. We're making the asset better. We're fixing what is, is broken. And there's there's a lot of builders that aren't adding to the supply either. If you think about it, there's a lot of builders that do the um, I guess, what are they called? The McMansions, right? McMansions. They'll buy, they'll, they'll go into an area that's being gentrified and they'll buy the older property, the 1960, 50, 40 build, and they'll scrape it and then they build the brand new, uh, you know, six, seven, eight hundred, nine hundred million dollar property. Um, they're not adding to the housing supply either uh, at all. In fact, I think what they're doing is 
They might even be increasing demand uh, on a small scale, one unit at a time, because they're taking away uh, the everyday 322, um, just modest workforce housing product, and they're putting this, as I called it, the McMansion uh, sort of property on there, which is a, a high end. It's a very expensive. So they're they're changing who can essentially live in that particular unit um, financially. So I guess what I'm boiling, what I'm, I'm saying, I'm telling you all that to tell you this. Um, I see no reason at all, nothing on the horizon in the near term or the long term that tells me that the demand for clean, functional places to live is decreasing in every, in any way. Nothing. It is the demand is there. If you have a good product in a good neighborhood and it's priced fairly with the other properties around it in that neighborhood, there will always be demand for that property. Always. There should be no concern whatsoever that if you're becoming a real estate investor that you're not going to have a customer for that property. If it's best product, best price, clean and functional in a decent neighborhood, you're going to be just fine. Do your homework, find that and invest it. And that's the long-term outlook. I mean, it's looking great for real estate investors. Now, to the forever renters. Um, a couple articles that I looked up uh, on this, and, and again, you'd think this is super exciting for us as real estate investors, and, and it's not. I don't want someone to have a dull outlook on life. If if you want to be a forever renter for whatever reason, and you choose that of your own free will and accord, good for you. More power to you. But again, I think anyone who has this negative outlook on, well, I'm a forever renter because of this and this and this and this, and that's just not good for society. That mentality, that downtrodden victimhood is not good for anybody. And then if politicians start paying attention to this this group of people, whether it's this has been created or what have you, that's not good either because they start making decisions that really hurt everybody at the end of the day, and they never fix the, the, the group of people that they're trying to fix. They're doing it. Uh, for other reasons, I guess. But when you look at it, I, I found this article, and it's called Meet the Forever Renters. One in three is priced out of buying a home, and it's by Kristen Bove, B-O-V-E. I think I'm saying that right. April 7th of 2022. He says the forever renter is a millennial. He says that one in five plan to rent forever. He says that the fact that they're delaying the home purchase, initially it was a lifestyle, right? Young 20s, of course I'm going to rent but now, as they're getting older, they're saying, well, n now it's not a lifestyle choice. It's a reality. And they're saying, one, it's because of the housing market in 2022. Um, and they, the quote here is, soaring costs for homes and increasingly severe debt burdens means that one out of every three renters is getting completely priced out of the home buying market. And that's according to Redfin. We're going to pick it up on the other side and continue discussing the forever renter. My name is Mike Harrison. You're listening to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. We went from 100% live to 100% virtual. And you know, the funny thing is, is that nobody wants to go back to work now that they work from home, right? 
So now my members are like, well, Dell, we want to keep those virtual things open because now I know all the people in Miami and I know all the people in Chicago. I know all the people now know each other from all over the country because of these virtual events. The free workshop, How to Retire in Five Years or Less, is online. Go to lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show, where, as always, we're working on your financial freedom. I'm Mike Harrison, and I want to thank you for joining me today. If you have any questions or comments about today's show, my email address is askmike at luinc.com. I'm here to help. Now, there's four ways you can consume the content of the Lifestyles Unlimited Radio Network. Everyone has a smartphone. Go to your podcast app on the smartphone. Subscribe to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. It will load there automatically. You can catch us on your free time. If you're driving, just tooth it up to your, your car. I think everybody pretty much has a, a newer car where you can literally just live put it right in there and, and listen to it while you're driving. As always, you can find us on the Lifestyles Unlimited website. That's lifestylesunlimited.com. Click on the radio button. YouTube. We have our own YouTube channel, Lifestyles Unlimited. There's a ton of information on the YouTube channel. You can get lost there. And then the fourth way, literally just live stream us. If you know what radio station we're on at a certain time and you're not in your area or you're not in your car where you can pick that radio station up, then right there at your smartphone, go to that radio station's website and it'll have a listen now and you just click on that and then there we are live wherever you are in the world you can take us with you today we're talking about the forever renter and it seems to be a growing demographic amongst us and and really it's a lot of people there's a lot of there's a lot of articles on the website about the quote unquote forever renter it's out there and they're blaming Essentially, they're blaming everybody but themselves, and, and we're kind of unpeeling it. But in the article, essentially, the first article that I was reviewing, uh, they say there's a lot of renters that want to buy a home. And, and I've mentioned just how tremendous demand really is out there. But it says uh, they're stuck renting. It's simply too expensive to break into the housing market. And I will tell you this, if you look at the average number of years that somebody rents, look, most of us in our 20s um, were renters, right? You get out of whatever, you're, you're getting into life at that young age, and you're a renter. And then at some point, you make that decision to become a homeowner. 65% of us are homeowners. And there's there's that average period of time that people are renters before they become homeowners. I think I bought my first home when I was 29, I want to say. Anyway, that time period for people is creeping up, okay? So that rent curve is continuing to trend up. So again, if you're interested in being a real estate investor, the horizon's looking great for us as as real estate investors. I don't see any reason for housing prices to come down. I don't see any reason for the demand for people to live in clean, functional, best product, best price properties. I don't see any reason for that to come down. Uh, again, I'm not trying to um, uh, take advantage of anybody in any way, shape, or form. I think this is more of a mentality thing that people are told, you'll never be able to buy a home um, because of this, 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 and this. And so they're just accepting that. And that's never been my style. Um, if you caught the first segment, uh, I told you some circumstances of how my mom grew up, of how 
I grew up, and everyone's pointing at all these other things, but no one's looking in the mirror and saying, hey, I'm going to do what I need to do to become a homeowner, if that's something that you that you want to do. Um, so the number one reason that most the most prominent factor standing in the way of home ownership for renters is debt. It's debt. It's credit card debt, student debt, whatever sort of debt is is in the way. And so they say, I would buy a home if I didn't have all this debt. And I so I'm going back, and, and maybe I'm being a, a hard you-know-what on this thing, but my thought is, is, well, then get out of debt. Quit putting stuff on the credit card. Why did you borrow all this money uh, for college? Stop it. That's wrong. It's... Uh, you talk about the real epidemic in the United States. It's not the uh, the Chinese flu. It's uh, college debt is the real is the real epidemic in here. And so, literally, they the the exact word: younger millennials are saddled with over one point five trillion in student loan debt. Yeah, student loan debt is terrible. Don't borrow money to go to college. The majority of millionaires I know. Do not have a college degree, okay? You can be very successful without that college degree. That's the pressure. And then if supposedly you're supposed to go to college so you can make more money. Well, if you're making more money, why do you have all this debt? Is it a lifestyle choice? I think so. Uh, it's not. You're not some victim. And stop calling yourself a victim. So continuing on in the, in the article, this is... Here's the statement that gives me the most concern. It says, The fact that buying a home is out of reach for so many Americans is a driver of inequality. Not owning a home means not benefiting from rising home values, one of the main ways to create and pass down generational wealth in this country. So there it is. Instead of blaming poor decisions and a lack of financial financial discipline, we're just calling it, oh, it, it's you don't own a home because of inequality. Look, finance, and I told you I was going to try to get through this show without getting tar and feathered. Here it is. Here's the statement. Financial, friends, financial discipline does not have a color. It does not have a race. It does not have a gender. It does not have a, gre- a creed, a religion, a nationality. You either have and practice financial discipline or you don't. There was a time in my life when I used to sell hemoglobin out of my arm, they would put a 14-gauge needle in my arm for two hours, and they would suck the he- the blood out of you, and they'd spin it on this machine, and then they'd pump the blood back in after they took all the white blood cells or whatever, whatever out of it, and then they'd hand me 20 bucks, and I would immediately go get something to eat, some a large meal that I can take half of it home with me. So you either have financial discipline or you don't. I don't want to hear about, well, I can't buy a house because I have all this student loan debt and I have all this credit card debt and and I'm a victim and it's the way the system is set up. If you want to buy a house, you change your life today and you start making those decisions so that you can buy that house tomorrow. I did it. Thousands, millions of other people have done it, but it continues on. There's another article that I found. It says, how forever renters are changing real estate as we know it. Okay, so in this article, um, they they come back and they say, the cost of a home is at an all-time high in the United States. Correct. I agree with that. Um, It says the median home price increased by 15% from last year. Yes, depending on the market. Some markets increased 
more than that. They increased more than 15%. It says millennials are currently the largest generation in terms of population size in the country. Yes. And it says the median age of a home buyer was 45 this year compared to 31 in 1981. So if we go back 40 years, the average age of a home buyer was 31. I told you I bought my first one at uh, 29. And what did we do to buy our, our home? I remember with my wife, we were back on that financial diet. Maybe you've heard me use that term before, but you go on this financial diet for two or three or four years prior and you change your life so that you can set that. If that's your goal, you change your life. But I, I find that it's interesting that the average home buyer is 45 today compared to 31 in 1981. And, and the article goes on and it says, um, Homebuyers, as homebuyers get older, other milestones such as having kids, getting married, and retiring end up getting pushed back. And that's not, that's not a good plan for society. Um, 20% of millennials say that they plan to rent forever. They plan to be a forever renter. Um, so they're looking at all this, um, but what else, you know, what else has shifted uh, since uh, 1981? Um, a lot of things have shifted. It's not just the idea that it's acceptable to have credit card debt. It's acceptable to have um, student loans. Uh, it's acceptable to have a lifestyle of instantaneous gratification. No one's saying that. They're just blaming it on the cost of a house and saying, well, that's why you're a, a forever renter. And they're not really accepting maybe what the real reasons are. I'm Mike Harrison. If you have any questions or comments or would like to learn more about real estate investing, please send me an email, askmike at luinc.com. I'd like to invite you to our Wealth and Passive Income Expo and Master's Tour. That's February 15th through 18th, 2023, Irving, Texas at the Toyota Music Factory. Great venue, excellent hotels, lots of restaurants. Uh, we're going to pack the place. A lot of breakout classes on real estate investing. You can come network. You can meet other like-minded real estate investors. Uh, get the State of the Union from Dale Walmsley himself. More information can be found at Wealth and Passive Income Expo. Dot com. That's Wealth and Passive Income Expo.com. I don't know if tickets have gone on sale yet. I will tell you that the Masters Tour will sell out. If you're interested in the Masters Tour, you need to get your ticket uh, as soon as those are available uh, because that por portion of the Wealth and Passive Income Expo will sell out. Now, how many of you out there have heard the term forever renter? Forever renter. We're seeing that term more and more. And it seems that we've reached a point today where this demographic is growing and it's people that consider themselves forever renters. And it, it's, it's not the purposeful forever renter. There's a lot of people that choose it as a lifestyle choice. They say, yes, I plan on renting forever. I like that lifestyle. It's what I want to do. I don't like to be tied down to any certain place or uh, it physically or geographically, and I want to be a forever renter. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is typically millennials. And if you don't know, millennials were born between 1982 and 2000, 1982 and 2000. And so right now they're, they're kind of turning, they're getting close to many of them are 40 years old, uh, 35 to 40, but that entire group of people, um, and a lot of them have just said, I'm going to be a forever renter. I'll never be able to afford 
a house. And so I will always have to rent. And the biggest reason, really, the number one reason, and I cited a couple of articles here, are because they have debt. So they have chosen a lifestyle of debt, of student loan debt, of credit card debt, of automotive debt, 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 debt. And so they go, well, because I have debt, I can't afford to buy a house, so I'm just going to rent forever. So we know that part can be fixed. And then the other side of the coin, um, they say, well, besides the debt, uh, housing costs are too expensive. They've gone up, so I'll always be a forever renter. And they cite uh, within one of these articles, they say, and, and I agree, houses have definitely appreciated. Um, when you print money and the value of a dollar goes down, the purchasing power of a dollar goes down, tangible hard assets, the value will increase. It's economics 101, okay? So if, if I can only, uh, if my purchasing power has diminished um, then the value of of assets like houses will go up and the cost of housing has definitely gone up. Um, for one thing, we've seen mortgage rates. They've gone from literally in, the world has changed in six months. We've gone from mid twos to nearly six plus percent. And those are going to continue to rise. Uh, something else I've talked about on this show many, many times, low housing inventory. There's not enough houses for people that want houses. So um, you're not valuable if you're not rare. And so what's rare right now is a house. There's not enough of them for everybody that wants them. Uh, also, with the pandemic, the cost of building materials has increased. Um, so it's increased because of the supply chain, but it's also increased again back to that purchase price of the dollar. Uh, if if you can buy, if your dollar can only buy so much, then a two by four is going to go up. A brick is going to go up. A countertop is going to go up. Appliances have gone up. So just building materials in general have gone up. Gas prices, gas prices are real. They're not up 9%, friends. They're up 100% from where they were just two years ago. At least in my neighborhood, they are. It, gasoline is twice as expensive per gallon. That eats into people's budget. Yes, we use gas. We drive cars. It costs us more. Um, inflation. We have the highest inflation rate that we've had in 40 years. 40. None of this is acceptable. I'm just telling you, that's how it is. Um, so that has... Yes, the, the the cost of housing has increased, but again, I look at it's a lifestyle decision. You either are going to do what you need to do um, to buy that house if that's something you want, or you're not. And uh, you know, a lot has changed. the 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 average age of the homeowner now is forty five years old. I don't think that's necessarily good. In nineteen eighty one, forty years ago, it was it was thirty one, and so. Things are changing. Um, what else is, is uh, how else is forever renting, quote unquote, changing the industry? Well, there's a lot of people that are getting near that age of retirement and they don't have the paid off mortgage. I don't think that's a bad thing. If you're going to give me money for two and a half percent and someone says, Harrison, how long would, would you have a loan for two and a half percent? And I think my answer is forever. I would gladly borrow money from you for the rest of my life 
at two and a half. But there's a lot of people that believe they live in this conventional world and they've been told that, well, if you're going to retire, you need to have a paid off mortgage. Um, no, you don't. You just need to have enough money coming in monthly to cover that mortgage. But they're listing that as um, a reason why there might be a forever renter. They don't have their mortgage paid off. Uh, and so they can't, quote unquote, um, they can't, quote unquote, essentially afford to retire. And if you've listened to this show for any amount of time, you don't need to afford to be retired. You need to create enough passive income to essentially retire because retirement is not an age. Uh, it's not a bag of money. It's a financial condition. If I need $3,500 a month to handle all of my obligations and I've created $4,000 a month in passive income, I can call myself retired. I can do what I want, when I want, where I want, whomever I want on my terms. I am financially free, but they do cite the fact that more people are getting near the age of retirement and they don't have the paid off mortgage. So uh, that's a debate for you know real estate investors. We see it um, quite a bit differently. Now, how else are these forever renters changing the industry? Well, if, if this is a growing demographic, that means demand, and there's not enough houses out there, what's going to happen? Supply and demand, right? Supply and demand. So the demand is obviously increasing because of this growing group of renters. And so as that, um, it means rental properties are in greater demand, and that's going to make them more valuable. Again, I don't see this changing anytime. Uh, what I do see changing, if if there's going to be more renters, it means there's going to be more real estate owners out there. And it means that maybe some of the efficiencies of being a real estate owner will get better. It's already pretty easy. We can pretty much do everything online, push of the button. Uh, we can advertise a property. We can uh, essentially do our background screening by having that resident go online. Um, we can essentially show the property online. We can do everything we need at a touch of our fingers. I see a lot of that even getting simpler, right? Um, it's going to become even more efficient, right? If you have all this demand for a certain type of product, then where does the competition increase? It increases in the ability to offer that product to the customer, right? So you're the real estate owner, you have a product, and you need to get it to your customer. And you need to essentially, how can, how can we make that happen? How can we make this more efficient? It's becoming easier to be a real estate owner and the demand will only increase that. There's an entire cottage industry that caters to real estate owners and they help them in every way, shape and form. There's management companies continue to grow on a day in and day out basis. Now, this, this group of people, this is what we need to be aware of as real estate owners, um, as real estate in investors. Uh, this rental demand is going to increase if this group of people, just like the articles of these forever renters, is increasing. And if home building starts decrease, I'm starting to see some noise about builders not being confident. Again, that's just going to throw fuel on the fire. Uh, a prolonged recession, what is that going to do? That increases demand. So we have all these arrows pointing in the direction of demand for clean 
functional housing. We have a growing demographic of people. Um, we have home prices that are going to continue to rise. Um, eventually, politicians may take notice of this class, this quote-unquote forever renters, right? They always love to divide us up into little groups. You're this, you're that, you're this, you're that, you're that. Um, you're a victim. You need to hate this group of people, and they put everybody against each other. And so politicians may take notice of the forever renter. I think they have in some uh, in some areas, maybe some of the blue states especially. So as a real estate owner, as an investor, you need to be careful. You need to be aware of this. You need to be aware of where you're going to buy your property. I've given you all the reasons why being a real estate owner is, is a great thing. The future is very bright for real estate investors and owners. But understand what can get in the way could be politics. So know where your product is, best product, best price. And I want you to remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. My name is Mike Harrison. I'll see you next week. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.